up your interview. <laughs> Good I morning. Just step, in, step into the waiting room. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 9 a.m. Yeah, no problems. Welcome to this very special episode of Is This 40, a podcast to document what it's like to be men in our 40s. My name's Michael Absalom, and this week I've managed to corner another one of the lads, Jack, for some special one-on-one time. Lucky Jack. This experimental project aims to get more men talking about the things they wouldn't normally talk about in their friendship groups. So let's jump straight in with some light and fluffy chat before we gradually ease ourselves into the more meaty stuff. Is this 40? I certainly don't spend much time or maybe enough time talking to my friends on the phone. I I message a lot. I text a lot. I WhatsApp a lot. I Facebook a lot, but I don't necessarily do the the male bonding thing across the phone. I normally do that in the flesh. So anyway, I thought it would would make for a good episode to do some to do some one on ones. Let's let's have some special time. (laughs) So so where do do you want to start? It's like it's like going on a date. It's um, so. Yes, have you, um, how have you been? Have you have you been here before? <laughs> oh, I really love what you're wearing. That's. Um, <laughs> I don't have any pants on today. So. <laughs> what? Are, what? Give it. Can you set the scene where you are so that we can sort of engage with I, where Jack yeah, is? Yeah, you know today? what? I've actually. I've just. I've just done. Um, I, well, I joined Kate this morning after after government uh, announcements of work from home. If you can. Which, uh, I mean, you know, struggling to work anywhere really is a bit of a challenge. But, but so I'm not, I'm not in the office today and took the kids to, to school. Actually, Kate, one Jago starts very early at eight. So she did that one. Yeah, Kate's delighted she gets a mention again on the podcast. Uh, and then, and then I took, I took little Georgia and Willow to their school and nursery and now back home in a very quiet, uh, and an almost empty house. Linking back into to this week's theme, uh, there is you know an extraordinary amount of paperwork that comes that comes with you know three different children in three different schools. Like what what sort of thing? What what have we well, got just, to look forward to us fathers to be or um, Ridge being a well, new father? Well, I mean a lot of it, you know, about you know kind of COVID nineteen, you know, safety regulations, measures being put in place, what kids need to do you know, weekly updates, you know, schools having to respond and react to, you know, other things that are happening from children around them, bubbles. I mean, it's every, every couple of days, there's, there's kind of documentation, which has been sent out. I mean, it's a slight full-time job in itself, Mm. just trying to kind of stay on top of all of that. It's quite, it's quite impressive. It's a bit like a military operation watching from the wings. It's, um, I've been sort of thoroughly impressed with, I know lots of people out there are angry about the situation, but if you sort of just take it for what it is and take it quite seriously which i think most, yeah, most people indeed. have and not, quite and not try and kind of fight it yeah. and, and accept you know kind of what you're being told by you know experts and um you know it's it's very tempting i mean in much the same way that the kind of media do you know after after a government announcement you know you've got a whole bunch of journalists that don't know you know anything that have watched a briefing and start questioning you know the science the reasoning the rationale and trying to kind of pull the whole thing apart and you're right i think the best approach is to accept that you know you've got a whole bunch of people working incredibly hard trying to do the right thing for for the majority and and to try and to try and follow it as best you can what sells news is is fear and and if you kind of reported things, you know, kind of rationally and calmly, it's 
that's not that's not what makes you know the news agenda kind of tick over and, and people tune in what about you <laughs> i don't know i I've, I've sort of spoken to to Rigo and chris about this and i don't know what order we're going to play out the episodes so that's tbc um for us for i went back to franny's mum and dad's house and so for me it was about uh, hitting the reset button and just having a bit of breathing space to not stress about finding work which is where 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 most of my anxiety comes from as a 40 year old man is where's the next job coming from um how much is it going to pay me and is that going to be enough to get me through that month that and you're you're living like that and it probably just puts things into context that that's not a can um a good way to live and it's not a sustainable way to live so i think that's the big revelation that i had during lockdown did you find yourself with lots of you know with, with a lot of free time to think about all of that yeah yeah i was mostly cutting hedges down for franny's dad so they've got a nice little farm out in the cambridge the countryside and so you know there was loads of farm work that needed doing so i just became farm boy and just em- embraced that and those gave me loads of loads of moments to reflect when I was chopping down a thorn hedge that was fighting back and sort of piercing my skin and blood going everywhere and that anger and frustration coming out in amongst in amongst sort of wrestling the bushes and building bonfires and chopping down trees with chainsaws and axing wood you know that 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 was um, an incredible time to go back to nature and just appreciate all of those things and start the morning when the sun would come up and there were those long summer days and so in the spring even the spring morning getting up and just seeing the garden in full blossom or going for a walk and taking in the smells and going off in any direction for an hour and then walking back and not having to stress about where the next the next job was coming from so it was it was a huge relief and it felt like for the first time in my life that it was a level playing field for everybody and everyone got to experience what it felt like to be a freelancer and what it got what it felt like to just be living on the edge and going well how what what's happened to my job i don't have a job how am i going to get paid and thankfully there were things like the furlough scheme so lots of people benefited from that which i thought was one of the positives to come out and then i managed to benefit as well from a a self-employment scheme because i don't earn that much money as a as a creative i fell into the bracket where i got some help from the government and um and again just like our nhs I, i don't think it gets enough um positive press so the nhs obviously does now but it it didn't until this this um, pandemic and same with those government grants and those schemes i think i think they've served a lot of people well and and got a lot of people out of some very sticky mud Mm, yeah well said i totally agree with that Um, there's a there's a client that we work with a girl called willow crosley and she she wrote a book last last year earlier this year called the wild journal and it was a it was a kind of journey of her through the seasons but she had kind of postnatal depression after i think her second child and it was a it was a fascinating um i mean very kind of nice simple kind of read but it was about her kind of reconnecting with nature and 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 how that kind of interaction with nature kind of helped I mean, not in a kind of sudden jump, but kind of eased her way, you know, out of that kind of fog that, that she was experiencing mm. and, and and all the positives that's, you know, being in and amongst nature, engaging with nature, taking on, you know, kind of sweet natural tasks. You know, she talked about things like, you know, kind of taking your shoes off and kind of, you know, just kind of reconnecting with the earth. Yeah. And, doing you know kind of simple things that you know regardless of actually kind of where you are in the world you know nice kind of easy steps that you can kind of do at your home 
and just the kind of lovely positive benefits that that can bring. And I think, you know, what I'm seeing now, interestingly, when we got back to London after lockdown was an enormous number of people that didn't, you know, weren't lucky enough to kind of have, you know, an escape or couldn't see their parents, you know, outside of, you know, kind of big metropolitan city, you know, desperately craving space, greenery, the experience, a lot of what you had, you know, on the farm mm. of just a feeling like, actually, I need to be out and not confined and kind of, you know, feeling a little bit kind of claustrophobic. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, I've got a whole bunch of friends that are, you know, selling houses and I'm desperate to kind of move out to the countryside. It's a good game plan, isn't it? And again, I think that's maybe where we are in our, in our life journey at 40. You start thinking about those things and quality of life is, is certainly up there for living a happy life and a, a for, well, fulfill, fulfillment and, um, yeah, mental health and physical health and all, all the good things that go hand in hand with leading a good, nice, long, happy life. The other thing we missed out on um, were, were 40th birthday parties. So that's the other thing I wanted to talk about because the, the, the first um, sort of uh, chance that we Chris, all got Chris to come was back delighted together. delighted that he didn't have to fork out for a party. <laughs> yeah. So we have a birthday at the same time, Chris and I, in April. But your, your 40th did go ahead. And that was the first day release that, that Franny and I got was to come down to enjoy your 40th. But you'd sort of all been living in a, in a shared bubble, like a London bubble, for a while. So I think you got to socially interact a bit quicker than than us country folk and um so yeah i just wanted to sort of get into what what it was like to have a 40th birthday what it was like to have your mates back around and um and sort of some of the emotions and feelings that went with that yeah i mean i was i felt very lucky to have you know to, to be able to kind of squeeze in a, a 40th not not a, a an enormous one and not quite what i had planned but i but it was you know perfect in 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 many many ways and i i mean it, it, the strange thing is is not you know we are we are all immensely close we, we love kind of you know catching up kind of all seeing each other but the, the the proximity to people of not being able to give people a hug it is it's still strange you know and, and particularly you know it's slightly less so when you know, we all kind of know each other. I can also be very kind of upfront about, you know, how comfortable you feel, yeah. you know, be, being close to someone or, you know, your own kind of situation as to, you know, how serious, you know, you need to kind of keep social distancing because, you know, you may be, you know, living in and amongst, you know, other kind of vulnerable people in your bubble. Um, but, but it's that, that that side of things, I just I still find a bit strange. Yeah, I, I I'm you know, not. You put I miss your it. elbows out, whether you put yeah. your hands together. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think anyone has quite learned how to, you know, how to kind of get past that kind of hello or the kiss on the cheek that you had before, yeah. or a hug, or yeah. you know, and and it, and it feels <laughs> it feels a bit strange that you feel slightly like don't like you're you're slightly upset with someone a bit like don't don't come near me. Yeah. <laughs> you know and it's and it's a strange way to start you know a, a, a conversation or a meeting or you know with someone that you know you, you kind of know and love um and, and and desperate having not kind of seen her for a long time you know you're you know i'm a very kind of touchy-feely person uh 
and and you know I'm desperate to give everyone a hug, but, yeah. but can't. I think we're quite a tactile group of friends as well, aren't we? Within our mm. you know boys, girls that we we just sort of all love coming together, and you know, and obviously you add in alcohol and booze into that people sort of loosen up a bit and you sort of forget as you're going along throughout throughout a day or throughout a night or whatever you're doing and you can see that in all all these social interactions where people have been coming back together just sort of everyone just becoming a bit too loose and a bit too comfortable yeah. and then we go oh, but, oh yeah we're, we're doing the social distancing thing sorry sorry and, and you can understand you know when you know when the government say you know, kind of, you know, cur- curfews at 10 o'clock, mm. which, you know, I can barely make it to 10 o'clock these days, so no, no skin off my nose. But but the but the idea, of course, is that, you know, after 10 o'clock, you know, after you have had a couple of looseners, you know, you're much more likely to be kind of a bit huggy and kissy, yeah. you know, with, with everyone around you. I love and, you, and man. No, I love you. Yeah, <laughs> I love you. Oh, no, but I really love you. <laughs> Yeah, but does that not? It's just going to encourage people to drink earlier. So if you know people yeah. are their own bosses, you sign off and go to the pub at four instead of five thirty yeah. or six, and you go, I'll see, I'll see you there for six pints between six and, yeah. and ten, and then people all right. Always, always try and find a way to, uh, to, to, to bend the rules and make it work. For drink harder, drink faster, drink earlier. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that is um, that is strange. But the, the birthday was great itself, and, and Franny and I were, were, yeah, I loved it. I were loved in it. that sort of so, weird so bubble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were happy too. But we brought our own tent um, because, again, we were just really conscious of looking after her mum and dad and sort of playing our part as best we could with it. But but also at the same time, whilst enjoying ourselves and finding that happy balance, so that you know you're sat at dinner and you are a meter apart or you're you know half a meter apart but it's the best you can do in that scenario in that situation but you that you that it's important to have those social interactions still but doing it um i guess sensibly and and not taking the piss yeah i mean you know trying at least yeah i mean there was a moment i remember at midnight and i'll probably end up posting this photo at some stage with this episode but just i think you and i were singing take that and um and f- i don't know somehow our shirts came off they fell off i think and all our clothes <laughs> fell off just, um, just disappeared yeah they? and just standing there in our in our boxer shorts singing take that and yeah i was, I was, was pleased that the boxer shorts still were still there yes when i, I think the everyone was the next day but it, fe- it felt like we had an audience we had a crowd and i think there was probably only three or four people watching from the that's, sofa that's all it needs i don't yeah. know when it would have taken one to be honest but yeah, I think it was never forget came on. It just it felt oh, so nostalgic and so liberating to sort of be back with my core <laughs> friendship group who I'd not seen for six months. That you know, after I think nineteen gin and tonics, it was the right thing to do to to shed our clothes and and sing very badly to them. But um, yeah, I, I I thought you I thought you did a great job. Which which take that member would you have liked to have been? Who were you channeling that day? I think I'm, I'm probably more the, the Gary Barlow in the group, really. Yeah. The real talent. You know, the real, the real, <laughs> the real, the real songwriter, the linchpin. Yeah. You know, the main, the main, the main guy in the group. Not, not, you know. I think Chris. Richard, I think. Chris would be Robbie Williams. Yeah, I, I would have tried, definitely tried. Um, formed, formed his own splinter group on his own. I'm probably Mark Owen. Yeah, I mean, again, great, great character, Mark. There's so, there's so many sweet people in there that, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of, this is a very, very similar setup, would take that, really. 
Yeah, it was very boy band. It was very boy it band. Was, it was, very boy band. <laughs> Our very middle-aged conversation then moves on to technology. I thought about doing this over Zoom, but I, I sort of, I don't, I don't, I've got a bit of a, a, I don't even have a love. I have a hate relationship with Zoom. I don't, for some reason, I just don't like that method. I, I, it's it's fine, but it's not the ideal way to record a podcast, I don't think. And I was thinking along production value, sort of the sound quality, but you know, the ir- irony is that we're ending up having to point a microphone at a telephone and you've got that tinny sound <laughs> anyway. So, you know, uh, what I was trying to avoid for six months was, was exactly this. And then suddenly you're just confronted with that's the way you've got to record the podcast. And, and maybe we, we, we might come up with some, some good stuff in these individual episodes. So yeah, just how, rolling how with the you, punches. How are you at looking at yourself on, on Zoom or FaceTime or, a, you know, a, a video call? I probably, because I've worked as a TV presenter, I've gone through all that uncomfortable stage of seeing yourself on camera and listening to your voice back again and again and again and, and hating it and loathing it and then just getting over it. So you sort of, as a TV... Is that what happens? Yeah, I think as a TV presenter, that happens in the first the first year of your training or wherever you're presenting or wherever you're working. You're always looking to tweak your uh, technique, I guess. It's, it's um, a style and you, you develop your own style over time. But yeah, I... I I can relate to that whole, oh, that sounds terrible, or I sound like such a knob, or that's not what I meant to say. I'm not articulating what I was thinking at the time, um, all those things. And even when I edit the podcast, I, I do that. I go, no, that's that's not the point I was trying to make, or I got distracted by what someone else was saying. And what these one-on-ones do is actually allow you to listen to the other person a bit more and not get interrupted sort of mid-chain of thoughts, which is what we're, we're all guilty of doing. But I, I think that's also what is um, sort of beautifully engaging about about the podcast that we're trying to put together is that is that interaction between friends and, and talking about those difficult things we wouldn't necessarily talk about yeah i found myself you know when when in zooming people you know as you say some people are much more kind of comfortable on zoom than, than others you know my, my mother hates looking at herself and so i found you know quite often the camera would just be kind of on her ear <laughs> And, and she would just only use it as a telephone yeah. or she would direct it off, yeah. you know, in, in a different direction. And she would sit, you know, offside. Um, and I, I remember, I remember Hugo, you know, one of our other kind of great friends many years ago having to, it was having a long distance relationship yeah. <laughs> and, and desperately wanted to kind of, you know, do it in person. And the relationship was kind of coming to an end and had to have that horrible uncomfortable conversation oh. <laughs> and and we're just you know the trip kind of got cancelled he was like i just i've got to do it and yeah. so i think it was over skype oh dumped via, skype. Dumped, dumped via skype but also had to to watch himself doing it d- doing it yeah. yeah and he said that was just the most horrible surreal situation where you're having a very uncomfortable conversation you know clearly kind of making someone else feel very kind of upset and miserable I'm conscious I haven't asked Jack about his work yet. So what's going on in the big bad world of PR? Oh, gosh. I mean, where do I begin? The, I mean, I suppose a little bit like you, that I, I just, you slightly kind of had to embrace the fact that there wasn't, there wasn't really much I could do. You know, a bit like you, a lot of my clients are in the kind of entertainment industry, and the whole thing came to a, to a standstill. 
there were no press junkets, no events, no real interviews happening. Lots of people kind of suddenly uh, taking a very long time to respond to things, everything kind of being delayed and pushed back. And it wasn't like it all kind of suddenly stopped. It was like, look, let's kind of pick up, you know, in a few months when we kind of know a bit more. And I think once you get over, once you get over that hurdle of, actually, look, there's not, there's not a ton I can do and, and, and stop kind of stressing and trying to kind of worry about it. And I'm going to have to say I'm super thankful for, for the government and, and all of those efforts and furloughing and government grants and kind of loan schemes because, and, you know, mortgage payment holidays and everything else. And so I just, I spent then more time trying to kind of limit my outgoing expenses just to make that, that period of, you know, when everyone is kind of stuck and kind of cooped up at home as, as manageable as possible. Mm. Because there wasn't there wasn't a lot kind of coming coming through the doors, and it's and it's slowly slowly starting to pick back up again, and and we've had to adapt, you know, fairly significantly in the way that we work and what we do and, and what we offer our clients. But um, it's you know it's it it is kind of starting to come back, and I think a little bit like everything else, you know, it's 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 much slower than it was before. There is infinitely more paperwork um, and requirements and health and safety, you know, kind of making things COVID compliant. Do you find people are being a bit cheeky as well and saying, um, well, can oh, they do it for half the yeah, price because, yeah, you know, they're just lucky to be working, which which is sort of what I found so far trying to get back into work. It's like, well, you know, we're just trying to get you back working and it's tough for, tough on all of us and we're going to yeah. pay you half the amount because basically we know we've got you over a barrel now and yeah. you have to say yes because you haven't earned any money for the last six or seven months. That's it. And <laughs> oh, you, and if and you, you don't, don't want it, someone else will do it. <laughs> You you don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that you know people aren't just kind of trying to exploit people because they're in a bit of a tough situation. But you know, you, you imagine that actually everybody has lost you know fairly significant kind of revenue streams. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, we're experiencing the knock on effects of that. Yeah, it's yes, like a food chain just falls you know, down through the food chain from the top. Yeah, yeah you know, shoots with you know magazines and newspapers. Um, are you know they they you know suddenly like you know we're not we're not doing you know a car to the shoes so we're not doing hair and makeup but you've got to come a lot of it is you know kind of coming camera ready you know <laughs> to wherever you're going yeah. you know? and of course you know you've got clients that are kind of you know you're still on TV you're still making kind of broadcast programs you're yeah. still making professional you know kind of quality shows i thought that was quite funny during the during the lockdown you could see when the news presenters were doing their own hair and they were doing their own makeup and you're like uh hugh edwards is a little bit more orange than normal (laughs) and uh yeah what has uh, i was thinking of another another news broadcaster what has she done with her hair today yeah Um, i mean you know at least at least they've attempted you know i kind of stopped looking at yourself in the mirror after a while yeah did you um did you sort of end up sort of working in your pajamas and um and things uh, like that or just still get dressed up just, and have a shower you know, and have I, a wash i had i had a giggle with with rijo about it because you know at, at the start of things you know everyone's there you know kind of getting dressed up and you know kind of looking kind of fairly kind of formal and smart and you know, I spoke to some other kind of parents that were like, you know, I'm still making my children get into their school uniform. We're still trying to keep to a routine and a structure. And, and it, I mean, it's amazing how quickly things deteriorate. You know, a, a, 
found myself doing doing a lot of kind of you know conference calls and zoom calls and just people were not even putting their video on anymore there yeah. wasn't even the effort to put the top half of <laughs> making yourself look slightly more formal it was just i probably am still in my pajamas and i just i'm not going to put the video on <laughs> I heard people um, that wanted to get into the business mindset if they were going into a slightly maybe highbrow, more serious meeting where, um, I don't know, they, they needed to be taken seriously for whatever jobs they were doing. They were putting their office shoes on. So women were putting their power heels on or men were putting their smart loafers on or whatever it was that made them office them. Um, they were doing that and then that would switch them into the mindset of, um, was it just the shoes? That's all that's required. The shoes, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, so, but everything else was sort of pajamas, blah blah blah. But they would the, the shoe was the, the key factor. Um, but I don't know if that's true or false. That was just a story that I, I heard. Like, I quite like that idea. Though. Yeah. I don't think our, our viral warfare is is going anywhere. <laughs> no, it was a good 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 subject name actually from Chris, wasn't it? In the end, I wonder whether yeah. <laughs> we were all. Um, I've listened back to that episode, and we were sort of all laying into him, going, "What are you What are you talking about?" I know, rambling so fool. How much the world has changed yeah. since then? Sort of, I was saying, in our face, what do we know? And um, yeah, now sort of everyone's walking around in their in their PPE and their face masks and. Chris, Chris is probably still in his dust mask, but, but m- most people have. Well, he just he messaged me this morning. I'm not sure if you got it on the group message. He got a negative test back for his coronavirus test, which is why we had to cancel yesterday evening's podcast. We were all due to go and sit in a room together at Corby's house and have, have a you, couple have of drinks. And, um, I've had three last week. I had three in the space of... Of course, uh, for, for squash. Uh, yeah. Filming. So what one when we came into our squash bubble, just to make sure that we were all safe, and then you're confined to your room for... It was staggering, four hours, and they had the results back. This in amongst all the craziness of people not being able to get tests. I think international sports bodies are able to fast-track somehow to get their players to events i guess it's the same with footballers with rugby players when they know there's that close interaction social interaction between players and contact sports and that they're able to turn it around and i guess they've got relationships with sports labs or or however they make it work faster and the system works quicker they've got access to that so um yeah three tests across the space of eight days i think i had one at the beginning one in the middle just to make sure you haven't picked it up um, I had a, a ridiculous amount of takeaway orders that came in, and I guess that's the only way it would get into the hotel would be in your, you know, takeaway pizza or your um, delivery order or your just eat or whatever it is that you've you've done to get your food stash for the day. Um, and then one at the tail end of the tournament, right on the last day, just before you leave, and then I got that result back today as well, which was negative. So, but the, this this was your first, you know, kind of big presenting job since you know kind of full lockdown mm, mm. Uh, and obviously you know a lot of requirements in place for you did it did you i mean how, how did you feel going through this i can imagine it's not it's not as fun no as as those types of jobs it used to be no because part of the fun is you do do the hard work and then you all meet up so there's i think there was 98 people involved in the event so you've got uh what have we got there 64 players um involved so and everyone else's support staff or TV crew. And and from that side of it, the TV crew, you, you do the work and you're there all day. You get there sort of at, I think we were getting in about nine in the morning and finishing at about nine at night. So they're long days. And at the end of that, you have a beer together normally and you, you know, you go to bed or you eat to de- together or you go out to a restaurant. And, and that's all part of the experience. And, and we just weren't able to do that. You're confined to your hotel room and, um, and, come and, do and the, the venue. Yeah. 
yeah and that's it so whilst you're not you don't have to wear a face mask at work you're every other place that is a communal space so even walking into the venue from the car park you're having to wear a face mask from your car to the venue and through reception and then you go into the squash venue itself and then that's when your mask could come off and you do your job and, and the job was great it was great to be doing the job again um you know i'm, I'm thankful thankful for the work but um <laughs> obviously no audience no crowd no one to buzz off and that's the same for the players as well and it'll be the same for footballers for rugby players who are playing at the top level they'll all just be experiencing something slightly different and I wonder whether it brings out um, for some players they might play better because there's not the pressure of the crowd booing them or geeing them up and trying to get under their skin or for other players they need that adrenaline buzz that the crowd gives them when they win a big point or they score a huge goal or a try and I think that's what you're seeing is slightly different in sport and you're watching it Hopefully on TV, you're still watching it as a viewer, passionately supporting for your team. But I think it'd be strange for those players who are on the pitch and the production, the TV production crew that are putting it all together and, and bringing those live events to us. So, um, yeah, I guess mixed emotions, mixed feelings. Good to be back, but um, it felt lonely just being in your room the whole time. And it, it's sort of like say, a, it's a prison sentence. You know, again, you know, the rather than kind of talking about the day what had happened kind of processing having a giggle about it you know that kind of social interaction with people mm. you are it does feel a bit more like a kind of sentence about your when you sit, sitting on your own and, and thinking about you know kind of what's happened and where you are and what's going on and just the, the emotional toll that that plays yeah and i don't i think a week was long enough normally i i'd go off you know i've been off to trips to india for example for five or six months and you know repeated that for four or five years and i enjoyed that cycle because i was getting to experience india and i was getting to experience world-class sport you know ringside courtside pitch side i was there i was in amongst it and you feed off that energy and it's wonderful and then in amongst that you're doing a really cool job by interviewing the players and if they've scored the winning goal or you know got the match winning try you're the first on the scene to report that and it's really exciting you get to ask the first couple of questions so there's a huge buzz around that and again if that atmosphere is not necessarily there or being generated are those interviews a little bit flatter you worry about that um you're, you're hearing sort of fake sound effects of crowds cheering when a goal goes in it's like is that a bit cringeworthy or have you just got to tolerate that and uh, yeah it, it's all just a bit weird but um from from the the bits in between having to go back to your hotel room yeah you're just watching more television you're watching yeah. more films you're watching more Netflix and, and you're just having to find different ways, different coping mechanisms. Should we just have a quick chat about other topics that we could possibly talk about further down the line? Maybe I'm not sure yeah, we've had yeah. chance to, to have a think about those. There's obviously no hat this week to, to put in, but I'm, I'm asking everyone individually. A virtual hat. Yes, a virtual hat. What what things that um, I guess men men don't talk about that we should talk about and we've got the opportunity to talk about on this podcast? Are there any other any other um any other thoughts that you'd had on I, well, I know you wanted I mean, to talk I, sexy time last time but, we can, and we sex can talk sexy time and, <laughs> and I, I still I still feel I mean maybe sexy time is is I mean it, it would roll maybe a little bit more comfortably into into relationships yeah. and I think actually there is you know I think a lot of people's relationships not necessarily so much in in our group but um you know actually the, the impact of lockdown i know has had you know there's been sweet stories of kind of people getting together and finding themselves kind of in lockdown with someone that they've kind of just met mm. 
and, and obviously a lot of stories of people you know kind of separating kind of splitting up and, and finding kind of different ways of working each other and sweet stories about you know kind of actually people that you know may have not been as as kind of comfortable and happy in their relationship and actually spending that time together has brought about a whole world of kind of wonderful things and, and, and reconnections you know that's not just relationships with with each other you know that, that could be you know your, your friendships as well yeah that's a good episode i think it'd be nice if we could get us all in a room for that one i don't know how long it's going to be i don't know what the projection is for but people are saying maybe till spring just these small bubbles of six so we could we could certainly try and make that happen and it's lucky it's lucky month. we fall, fall into the six really, yeah it? yeah imagine we had a big a bigger group <laughs> oh, imagine we had more friends <laughs> yeah, well, oh, thank, thank goodness eh? oh, thank goodness thank goodness i thought corbs had a good one about sort of you know where should we be at 40 and what what signifies 40 for you know 40 year old men sat around in a room drinking a couple of pints together you know what what's it all about you could also go into i thought um what do you still want to achieve of course it's got the meaning of life yes his is like his is like the meaning of life and but 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 does that bring up my argument there is does that bring up uh, is it a bit safe? Does it bring up uh, the the things we don't really want to talk about, which is, I guess, what we want to get into? And just well, make, make... interestingly, the, the feedback that I have from you know the, the millions of global listeners that we have on our podcast, <laughs> isn't it tens, tens uh, of global listeners? I think I think it's literally tens of people. Yeah. 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 Um, some of the feedback I get is that there is still a tendency to kind of shy away from some of the more the, the more meaty, deeper, scary topics. Yeah, and that, that's my um, point. I think we uh, that's yeah, that's what I we have an opportunity to do here, and I think we have to keep forcing each other to talk about those things. So whilst we can gloss a few things up here and there, um, the 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 premise of the the podcast is to go to those yeah. uncomfortable places, and I, think, and I don't I think, think that's we need, to, we need to open up and, and be vulnerable. But that's hard. That's hard. I found oh, that in it's not, um, it's not easy at all. Yeah. yeah, in in the in the truth about family holidays episode, you know, I, I found it very hard when you're being questioned by your friends about mm. something you don't really want to talk about, and and it it feels very public because you know that then people are going to listen to it, whether it's your own parents or whether it's your siblings, or whether it's your other close friends that didn't necessarily know that about you and and will they then judge you or look at you differently or um am i embarrassed about that or am i relieved that i got that off my chest i think there's so many how, how did you feel after, after uh, that? i don't know you just feel a bit dirty and a bit sh- ashamed you feel a bit guilty you feel a bit um relieved you feel a bit it's all it's all the above it's um it, it's a very strange feeling doing that in in what is a really comfortable friendship group but subject matters that we wouldn't necessarily talk about i I find that and it's a bit cringe and you're like okay it's over now maybe it's like having your blood test or maybe it's like having an injection or going to the dentist it's probably like going to the dentist and having a filling or a tooth removed um in the pit of your stomach from from the other side of that conversation abs you know where you you do you know open up and speak very kind of truthfully and, and openly about you know what you went through and what you were thinking and, and how you dealt with, you know, some of those things. On, on the other side of that friendship group, it's it absolutely, you know, all of us, you know, what, what you want to do is kind of, you know, is kind of reach out and it, and it makes those friendships, I think, so much stronger and better and more meaningful, you know, when, when someone is able to, 
to kind of open up and and show their vulnerabilities yeah. and kind of insecurities, and it and it absolutely kind of binds you. And so, yes, you you may be kind of feeling all of those things afterwards, but on the other side of that, you know, it it I felt you know immensely close and and proud is probably the wrong word, but just that that you would you know connected, isn't it? It's a connection and connected, between, yeah, yeah, and 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 that's how you. You know, that, I mean, that's that's really how how you you know kind of build those connections is is showing that vulnerability because people absolutely kind of warm towards you and um and I think that that is that is hard and you've you've absolutely you know led led the way in that respect and not something which the rest of us aren't, aren't particularly good at doing. Mm. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Thanks. Well, wow. um, well. <laughs> well, there we go on that. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Wraps oh, up another week's episode. It does. It does. No regrets. Get it in there. Shove yeah. it in, my son. Shove um, it in. Get it. In. It doesn't matter. All right, mate. I hope to see you soon. Hope hope all the all gang right, can I'll get back together good. and we can have a couple of drinks and and do the next one all together. All right, bud. Get all right. Lots of love. Take care. Bye. And that's what it's all about: being able to open up to your mates about what's really going on in your life. If you made it all the way through to the end of this episode, thanks very much for listening and hopefully there was something useful in there for you to take away. Fingers crossed the whole gang will be back together in our next scheduled episode, COVID restrictions pending of course. And just a reminder too that you can follow our podcast journey on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Simply search for Is This 40 and keep an eye out for the boys in pink. Bye for now.